It's time to experience Thrill of the Hunt, a collector's podcast. Hey, kid, you want a toy? What does the man know about toys? Action figures each sold separately. Batteries not included. With Kung Fu Grip, the hands that grip. I have three of each, one to display, one to open, and one just in case. Why do you keep all your toys in boxes? How do you play with them? I don't. <laughs> I collect them. You're not a collector's item. You're a child's plaything. You are a toy! Action figures and playsets for ages six and up. Way up! Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to Thrill of the Hunt, a collector's podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about FOMO and collecting. But before we get there, we had, uh, unfortunately, a couple sad announcements. Uh, I lost a close friend who listened to the show uh, over in the UK um, recently. It's the second friend I've lost in less than a year in in our kind of Star Wars family. So uh, I just wanted to send some, you know, Thoughts and prayers out to his family. It's been tough. And then obviously Brian and I both uh, thinking about the people in the Ukraine and and the Ukrainian people themselves. My stepmom and stepsisters are actually from Ukraine. So that one hits really close to home for me. So uh, I know we have international listeners. Maybe this will bring somebody some peace if they're listening in the Ukraine. Just know that, that we're with you. Absolutely. Yeah, I couldn't have said that better myself, Chris. And once again, as I've said to you individually and personally, uh, I'm so sorry to hear. Uh, it's, it's always tough to lose part of that extended family that we have within our fandom and within the stuff that we love. And it's always fun to share that with those who love it as well. And we end up, you know, building relationships with those individuals and they become family themselves. So it's always tough to lose one of those family members. So, yeah. Yeah, appreciate that. Absolutely. So um, as we transition into kind of our our main uh, talk today um, in our episode 11, yes, we made it to 11 episodes, uh, give or take a couple of specials along the way. Um, And today we're going to be talking about the term FOMO. But before we jump into that, we're going to talk a little bit about because this is the quote unquote toy fair season in this time of pandemic life, um, where we get our news and spurts over good 14 plus days, right? Instead of getting it all in one fell swoop of a weekend of Toy Fair. And uh, we've gotten uh, a good mix of information from a variety of toy companies. And and uh, I think one of the biggest things, uh, big picture before we go into some of the details of things we're really excited about, um, some basic things I know Chris and I want to talk about are uh, some things we notice as trends across industry. And one of those things were prices, right? We saw prices going up on everything. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Hasbro made their announcement that their lines were going up for the second time in under a year because of uh, rising energy costs and and, uh, transportation and global supply chain issues that continue to plague us. But it's not just them, it's across the board. We're seeing everybody with price increases and uh, it's kind of interesting because I'm starting to hear from people that that's going to be an, you know, have an impact on their collecting going forward, whether they're going to get more picky with things. Uh, I've even heard some people saying that, you know, they feel like they're being priced out of the hobby. And then on top of that, people are saying, well, if you're going to raise prices, then some of these lines that have some QC issues, and I, it's in particular, I'm thinking about the Lightning Collection from Hasbro which has had 
quite a few in, in recent memory. Sure. You know, why are we paying, you know, you need to get those under control if you want us to pay 25 bucks a figure, you know, and get things correct on those. So it's interesting because I think this is really going to make people look at um, how much they collect and where they're putting their dollars, which is going to play into what we talk about later. Exactly. And uh, I think one other thing I do want to touch upon, and we saw this with Hasbro more than any other company, was this idea of the the fake deluxe <laughs> figure. And what I mean by fake deluxe is a figure that was that had the same accessories in the past that was not considered a deluxe figure, which means a price point um, typically of over $30. Um, like a Boba Fett or a Mandalorian character, you know, that comes with a jetpack and the jetpack accessories. In the past, that was not considered a deluxe figure, but now they're repackaging it and laying it out differently so that it looks like a deluxe figure and are charging exponentially more for it. So that's one thing that's also turning off people. I wanted to mention too, that's becoming a common issue. Yeah, I think that's a great point to bring up. And along with the Boba Fett and maybe even the Cobb Vanth, which is like, I kind of think where this started, where we were like, yeah, right. eh, that's not really a deluxe figure. Exactly. And they sold, yeah. They sold it as paint apps, but also that, uh, that dark trooper figure, which I argue oh, that should be a regular wave figure, not a $32 or $33 figure. And I think for the, for the record, I passed on it. I think it looks great, but at that yeah, price, I, I drew a line in the sand. I mean, in, and I hate to compare, but I am. I mean, when I look at a McFarlane Violator figure, which was in our top, um, in our top figure awards of the year this past year, um, that figure was in a in the thirty dollar range. <laughs> I mean that figure, but yet the the deluxe Cobb Vanth is the same price. I, I, it doesn't make sense to me. Well, the other thing you know, and I've talked about this as well, is is for you know, Valiverse Action Force line for $32, what you're getting, and you're getting a figure stand, which is something that I don't understand why we can't get figure stands. Uh, but you're also well, getting if it's a, a Walgreens, if it's a Walgreens exclusive, you'll get one though. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> which is weird that they did it that way, but right, you know, you're getting you're getting more accessories for your money. And then what's weird is and and, and Bobby Vallow from Action Force, he used or, or from Valiverse, he used to work for Hasbro and he's talked right. about the perceived value, how Hasbro has this thing about across all their lines of perceived value. But you look at what you get with a Power Rangers Lightning Collection figure, what you get with a G.I. Joe figure, and then you look at what you get with a Marvel Legends or a Star Wars, right. and you're getting a lot less with those licensed True. Uh, you know, products that are that they have to pay for a licensing fee versus their homegrown, or in, in the case of Power Rangers, the one that they own now. That's and so great. the perceived value is a real thing. Um, so it's going to be interesting. You know, there was quite a bit of discussion um you know and we'll see where it goes from there but i think that it is going to force people to make some tougher decisions and then i think it's also you know i think people are going to have to figure out where is where is their line how 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 much are they willing to pay before they tap out i agree and now i'm going to weirdly transition us to where no one has gone before and that is the final frontier of star trek um, on today, which is, um, we're recording this on a, on a Thursday, um, the opening Thursday of the Picard season two, I should say, um, is that we're, we're getting Star Trek figures coming back 
in not just the form of reaction with Super 7, which they've been doing a pretty darn good job of, but in five-inch articulated Playmates figures like they used to do back in the day, which I still have a few of from, from my childhood, along with my transporter. Yeah, I mean, Playmates is back. And let's not forget that line went for a long time. Yes. And it was immensely popular in its day. And some of those figures were pretty hard to find in the day. And I, I'll argue that now, if you're looking to collect a, 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 I guess at this point, you could consider them vintage. But if you're looking to collect a vintage line, that's a good line to get into because you can pick up a lot of them for, for oh, good yeah. prices. Oh, yeah. You, you can find those in your con piles for two for 10 or three for 10 figures. You'll find a lot of those Playmate Star Trek figures. And uh, it, they made them for each series, as you know. I mean, we had a number of great uh, TV series from um, Next Generation to Deep Space Nine to Voyager. There were a lot of great opportunities and even Enterprise. But Enterprise was more in the art asylum time at that point. Um, but Playmates is getting back into it, not just with your classic traditional vintage. So they're not just remaking what's already been done. They're actually doing uh, figures from the new series as well like Discovery. So it'll be nice to see some new characters, new uh, species and um, different kinds of uh, federation and and uh, characters. And, and it'll be cool to see all the different, um, different lines that they do now with the new Playmates. Yeah, and they're going to be doing a uh, Starship Enterprise as they did. You know, they did some of the vehicles in the past. No, and they're gonna... it's dangerous for me. It is because I, I looked at it too. You know what's even more dangerous than that one is the Playmobil Enterprise. Oh, I don't, know don't tell me that about one. that one. <laughs> I know I have I have all of the Back to the Future uh, Playmobil pieces. The only one I didn't get was the truck because it was just it was the truck, and it came with two of the same figures that were in another pack. But I bought all the the two advent calendars from the first movie and the third movie. I bought the second movie um, edition that goes with that gives you all of the additions to add to the DeLorean to make it um, hover converted, basically, for the second film, um, including some backdrops for the chase scene um, with the hoverboards in the second film. So and obviously the original DeLorean set. So those are amazing. I can't say enough about Playmobil and what they've been doing. And I know Chris pre-ordered something Playmobil. I did. So I, I have the uh, Knight Rider set coming, which is Michael Knight and Kit. And it looks really, really well done. And then just recently, the A-Team van came out, which has kind yep. of been tempting because there's not a lot of A-Team stuff out there. And they come with the figures, uh, you know, and they do a good job of, of representing the figures. You know, personally, I, I, you know, we've got Ghostbusters, you got Back to the Future, you got, you know, uh, A-Team, and now you got Knight Rider. Personally, you know, they're hitting these 80s vehicles. I'm kind of hoping they do an Airwolf. There it is. <laughs> I was waiting for it. I didn't even miss <laughs> the opportunity to mention an Airwolf Playmobil. Nope. <laughs> got to get it in there. <laughs> uh, hey, if we got Wong made, I think we can get you an Airwolf Playmobil. So, you know. Oh, that would be awesome. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So let's flip back to toy fair for a moment and, and let's talk a little bit about the items that, that we thought were, were most interesting to us that we're most excited about. Um, obviously I'm going to talk to the Necker reveals because there was a whole ton of TMNT pieces, including um, a tease for an event they're going to be doing with target called Holothon, where they're going to be involving uh, people like Elvira 
and Kevin Eastman, the co-creator of the Ninja Turtles, and doing some really cool um, giveaways and cool announcements of exclusive type figures. Um, but on top of that, they announced um, uh, some stuff for the movie line, uh, some stuff for the tune line. And then also for the first time, they showcased uh, new figures going back to their bread and butter where they started with a, with a limited license with the Mirage comic base figures, which are the original look of the turtles from the comics in the mid and late eighties um, under the Mirage uh, studios brand, which is, if you know anything about turtles, Mirage is the made is, is a company they made themselves in order to publish the turtles. So it's kind of a joke. It's Mirage because it's not real, but it is real because they made it. It's a joke on uh, playing on words there, but uh, Mirage studios um, in Mirage comics are the versions and they showcase finally in a full uh, prototype, the Usagi Yojimbo figure for the first time. And this will be the first time that we see a um, NECA style or Toon style figure of a character that was an adjacent character to the Turtles universe, part of the Turtles universe, but also owned, owned the rights are owned and licenses owned, not only um, by working with Nickelodeon, but also with Stan Sakai, who still owns the original rights to his own character, which is Usagi Ojimbo. Um, so that was pretty exciting. Uh, they teased a little bit about a sewer layer and they teased a little bit about a, about a van, a uh, party wagon, but nothing in particular, nothing in specifics. Um, but we do know that probably those two things are coming in the near future. They keep teasing us a bit more each, each event. So we're hoping eventually that that will be a reality and we hope the price tag won't be too astronomical. Yeah, now wasn't there pre-orders today for some turtle stuff too, as we're recording this? Yeah, so we just, I believe they just finished up pre-orders the last two weeks for the uh, army builder sets, which involved the uh, turtle gang, um, which were a bunch of guys. <laughs> the Toon series, the original 87 series is a special crazy series, okay? There's some really odd characters in this. And one of them was the turtle gang which is like an apple bottom dumpling gang kind of feel where they dressed up they basically imitated that they were the ninja turtles and they started robbing banks and people actually believed they were the turtles even though all they wore was a halloween looking turtle costume basically what you would see nowadays and a paper bag over their heads yes yes so <laughs> <laughs> and also zach the fifth turtle and um smash um, who was the leader of this turtle gang. Um, and uh, those were the figures that were, um, that just went up and just went down. You know, what's interesting, Brian, is that I've been making my way through Power Rangers in space and they have that two-part episode where the power, the in-space Power Rangers team up with the Ninja Turtles. Not a great episode or arc. <laughs> <laughs> the turtles look, the turtles don't look right, quite right. And it's just weird that the turtles were there, but, I, I watched that episode recently, so um, figured I'd just throw that in there while we're talking turtles. But the other <laughs> thing I saw from NECA was the uh, Defenders of the Earth. We're going to get the second set of those with Mandrake, Lothar, and uh, I can't remember the robot's name who works for Ming, but those all looked pretty good to me. Um, I'm kind of regretting that I didn't pick up Ming and Flash, but I know you can still pick them up online, so I may... I may still try and complete that set. It's a small set, so it's kind of tempting. 
And as we talk about this, I'm going to finish out um, all of the pre-orders that they've announced here. Um, not just TMNT, but other things too. Uh, one other TMNT uh, thing that's pretty awesome, I mentioned Mirage Comics. Um, if anyone who's anyone in the TMNT community has been following the Lash Ronin comic, um, which is um, inspired by the original writing of Peter Laird and Kevin Eastman, the two original co-creators, and Eastman's been heavily working on it um, alongside uh, Ben Bishop, um, and, and some other artists as well that I can't think, can't escape all the artists' names on the top of my head. Um, but it's been a group of five or six artists working on this amazing um, cyberpunk story in the future as kind of like this Logan-esque story, if you will, like we had it with Wolverine, but for, the, for one of the last remaining turtles trying to uh, basically make right what all of his brothers uh, lost their lives for. And uh, they're making an action figure. NECA is making an action figure as well as Playmate. So uh, we're going to be getting uh, a version of the Lash Ronin in plastic form. Um, I believe both the pre-orders are up for an unarmored and armored version of the Lash Ronin right now on your uh, local retailers, meaning uh, your big bad toy stores, your entertainment earths, as well as your comic book shops. We'll be able to order from. Um, we also uh, got a look at an Elton John uh, figure yeah they got the likeness to elton john and they're doing an elton john uh, retro uh figure which is usually their eight inch style fabric based uh figures um and they also are doing an ultimate elf uh as in the guy who loves the cats uh that alien from melmac yeah um and uh we also got some, uh, two new predator announcements um that people were excited about um but then um also from the tmnt i mentioned um, they're getting more into the comics, uh, Mirage Comics character Renette, who is the one that sends the turtles through time in back in issue eight. I remember that. Um, and then also we're going to get some horror uh, accessory sets to go along, um, like the mummy is going to be getting a coffin and chest accessory set to go along with uh, the original Universal Monsters Mummy. Um, we're also going to get an accessory set. I know Chris and I have been talking about this. There should be more accessory sets. Well, NECA has two coming. The other one is for the Gremlins. Um, and then also we got some reveals for the rest of the main Gorgot. Uh, Gor I can't say that word today. Gargoyles characters coming out. Um, so we saw reveals for all the rest of those. Um, so a lot of amazing stuff coming up. Um, and I mentioned about the Target month-long event, Holothon, that's going to be this month in March. So keep your eye on that at your targets. They're going to be announcing stuff on the website, I believe, holothon.com. So you can get a better look at all the different stuff, not just TMT, horror-related, everything that's NECA. NECA is really trying to double down on their partnership with Target. Yeah, I, I know that uh, Target's doing an event, too. Um, I don't know if that's part of this Holothon, if that's a Target thing or a NECA thing, but I know that... Uh, when they on the fan first, what day of the week was that Thursday last week, uh, the GI Joe brand team had mentioned that the uh, couple of the exclusives, the, the tiger force and Python patrol um, ones that they just showed us the only digital renders for are going to be going up in March on target as well. So I wonder if that's like they've done in the past. It's like a week long event and certain things go up on certain days. And um, you know, I, I, believe i've heard rumblings that there's something coming for walmart too so this is about the time of the year after toy fair where that stuff drops um before i talk hasbro i'm, I'm going to kind of bring our wives in here real quick and that's something i thought was interesting was the boss fight studios acquires the strawberry shortcake license did you see that 
I did. I did. Thought that was really interesting. Yeah. So, yeah, I asked Sarah, I'm like, what do you think? And she's like, "Uh, I don't know. I'd have to see these in person. (laughs) Um, She's like, the proportions look a little weird, but she's like, there, that could be something cool. So, um, you know, I know that the Care Bears is kind of going strong. And so, you know, we're going to show the ladies uh, that listen to the show a little love here, too. So you have, you know, or guys, I guess if you collect it, if you're guys, too, that's possible. We have. Oh, yeah. Oh, Um, yeah. You know, so seeing strawberry shortcake out there and then, you know, Care Bears. And, and as you know, we've talked about a little bit. My wife collects some of the modern ponies, not the modern ones. They're the modern throwbacks. I guess what you would equate to the retro. Um, so I thought that was interesting. Oh, yeah, yeah. My wife is all into the 40th anniversary of Care Bears. There's a lot of merchandise coming out this year celebrating its 40th anniversary. Um, I posted up on our Instagram just a week ago. Um, we found some of the first uh, series two of the mystery uh, Care Bear figures, uh, the small PVC figures. Those have started to hit stores. I believe the I am, um, um, I think I care bear is a new one that's going to, and most of the, most of the U.S. exclusive Care Bears plus Care Bears are coming out are all Walmart exclusive. So if anyone who is a Care Bear fan, keep an eye out on your local Walmart. Those should be hitting this month. So any of the new ones that are coming out this year, the two new exclusives, one is I Care Bear and the other one, I can't remember for the life of me, but it, it does have a rainbow and a, a, a sun on it and other things. Uh, I'm not trying to make fun here. I just honestly can't remember the name of the other one. But uh, there are two uh, pretty good ones coming out in uh, near future. Yeah, so, um, you know, Hasbro's done quite a few uh, fan first events since the beginning of the year. The only brand team we haven't heard from yet is the Power Rangers brand team. And I'm okay with that because there was such <laughs> there was a, lot a large last year. Yeah. There was such a large uh, amount last year and so much of it got pushed. Uh, I actually just got like, and we'll talk about this a little bit later. I just got a bunch of, of lightning collection stuff, but so we haven't heard from them, which is, I think they're trying to get caught up, which is fine. I, I'm perfectly fine with that, but we've heard from uh, the Star Wars brand team, the Marvel brand team and the GI Joe brand team. I think that pretty much covers the team's, uh, I know they revealed some stuff for Fortnite as well. Um, but I think, uh, you know, Marvel Legends, solid as always. Although oh, the yeah. character, character, so there are some new characters in there and some characters we They're don't know. They're getting deep cut, man. They're yeah. getting pretty deep cut now. When you get into, oh, I can't remember his name, but he was the one in, who's, who started the whole Civil War um, from the New Warriors. Uh, oh, what is his name? Like Speedball or something like that. Mm-hmm. yeah they're doing him and, and they're doing a lot of the other characters um you know getting some deep cuts blue marvel which is a character i didn't oh, know yeah. anything about i had to look up um <laughs> and then of course uh perhaps star wars you know uh the black series kind of still just kind of limping along you know that that we talked about it brian off air that black k figure what a disaster oh gosh black chrysanthemum yeah what a oh gosh Uh, and then i remember i sent to you within a day someone had made a better custom figure and had 3d printed it in less than 24 hours after hasbro showcase (laughs) yeah and (laughs) i I mean that's pretty sad that's pretty sad 
I have, you know, I have friends that are, you know, they're kind of all in on Hasbro, Star Wars, Black Series and TVC and, you know, they'll probably still get it. But they even they were just like, and why are they going to get li- it? Well, yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. <laughs> we'll get into it. We'll get into um, that in a moment. Yeah. But but, you know, we all agreed it was just lazy. And then, you know, some of the other stuff, you know, we really knew about for a while. We knew we knew that Ahsoka was coming. We knew yeah. that, you know, uh, the client figure was coming and right it wasn't they showed us some digital 13 renders years of, later we get the client figure <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> I mean, and you know that's that's aimed strictly at collectors because i don't see kids wanting an old guy who's oh, you I've know been really the- wanting that client figure I, like, you know i mean no one was waiting now i could finally complete the scene you know i mean yeah like, I mean, seriously but so we uh, got yeah yeah, so we, we got those announcements and, and you know, we've been saying on this show and, and other outlets have been saying like TVC for the last two years has really been getting the love with the amount of figures and they put in, been putting out waves of harder to find ones that were kind of like really hard to find. In fact, my my Walmart uh, ones, I missed the Luminari on Dolly and um, Aliyah Sakura, they are in my mailbox they were delivered today i didn't oh get fantastic the that's today. cool yeah i was actually shocked when i get the shipping notice that walmart didn't cancel it on me <laughs> now let's see let's see how they arrived yeah i've had a lot i've seen a lot of pictures online and had some friends you know in, our text in an envelope crushed just bent yeah destroyed um so we'll see but uh the tvc has gotten some you know has really gotten the love and it seems like and let's get let's give credit where credit's due on the TVC as well. Well, that that, that playset, yes. right? That's where let's I'm going. Give them credit. Yes. Let's give them credit there. That that was amazing. I'll let you talk about it. Go for it. So when they revealed that, you know, we've been saying for roughly, like I said, a couple of years that TVC has been getting the love. Unfortunately, it doesn't seem like, you know, they can manage both lines concurrently. Right. It seems like one's really good, well done, and the other one suffers. And for a long time, TVC suffered, but they revealed that playset, and man, is that thing gorgeous. And the brilliance of it is, and this gets me around that rule where I said I'm not collecting Book of <laughs> Boba Fett and TVC, is they created something that can be used for Book of Boba Fett and Return of the Jedi. Uh, and it's just, it's it's fantastic. It looks terrific. The accessories it comes with, it looks massive. They gave the dimensions and I was like, I'm going to have to measure on a shelf. I may have to find a bigger space, but that should tell you, I, I did, I did pre-order that. Yeah, you <laughs> did. Uh, <laughs> well, but the pricing. Well, hey, hey I, I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to be, uh, I got to be fair to Chris. Since, since Chris pre-ordered that, uh, I'm not going to laugh at him because I pre-ordered a Hot Toys DeLorean. So. Yep. We all have our, we all have our <laughs> big, our big ticket items that, you know, you just, you gotta have you know um so go ahead what about the price so the only thing i was gonna say is i think i i i'm, I'm gonna say at 230 i think it's fairly priced right. you know a, a tad on the high side i think if they would have been able to get that thing at 199 it would have been gangbusters i mean i think it's still gonna do phenomenal but uh, I think at 199 it would have been a real winner um I agree and there, there was some you know, there were some people saying that maybe it, that was the original price point and then they had the price increase. And I was like, okay, I, I guess I could see that. Right, right. But here's here's an interesting point. There was a lot of, and there was nothing to prove this. It was a lot of fan conjecture and people just kind of putting out their own ideas saying, 
I wonder if this was the next HasLab. Well, as it turns out, that Saturday, uh, a European site, because this is a Pulse exclusive in the US, and I right. believe in the UK, but in other countries where Pulse isn't around, they've, they're going to be doing these with retailers. And right. a you, uh, I don't know if it was UK, but it was a European, no, it wasn't UK, but it was a European retailer had put up the pre-order for it, but underneath it said, this is a crowdfunded item, so it may not fund something to that effect i there was several sites that posted it i think yak face broke broke the news on it um and so then it, that talk really heated up now you know several of the fan sites had their um their their chat with with the star wars brand team and patrick pretty much squashed that rumor but my response there is, and I'm not picking on the Star Wars brand team. I'm just saying the marketing guy for Star Wars is not going to come out and say, oh, yeah, that was yeah. supposed to be a HasLab. As soon as he does that, it completely negates HasLab, right? Yeah. Because we've said all along that a multi-billion dollar company should be able to do things like that without having to get the crowdfunding up front. So of course their marketing guy isn't going to say that. And, and, you know, and let's be, let's be fair after the slip up of the Rancor, you know, letting the Rancor out of the bag early, I'm sure that Patrick's like really being careful with what he says, but I think it's interesting there because I personally, and this is just my personal opinion, people. So I don't need the, the hate mail. I think it was supposed to be a HasLab and they reversed course after the Rancor and the disaster that ended up being the Rancor. I don't disagree with you. And uh, I'll say this, I mean, if a company like Hot Toys can afford popping out massive DeLoreans without any kind of predilection on how many they, units they have to sell to break even, or Blitzway is going to put out Ecto-1s that are this freaking huge, you know, without the idea of that I have to meet a certain quota, then Hasbro can make a freaking Rancor. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't get it. That that's just yeah. my view on it, but I mean, I, I think I think it's I, I don't know. I don't want to go too, you know, like take away too much from the set because it is a it is a beautiful yeah. set, and I am oh it is I am happy we're getting it. And what's funny is that um, and it should you know, be released the way it's being released. Yes, it shouldn't exactly. be a Haslab project. It should never be considered as a Haslab project because that's yep. not something that is uh, that that is difficult for them to make in large quantities. Agreed. So um, I think that that's a good place to end. That was the, that was the, that was the, the best thing that star Wars showed for me anyway yeah. um, in there. And it got me excited. It got me excited, but I'm feeling so much more excited about TVC than black series these days. And it's hard because I'm trying to get out of that one eighteenth scale. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, but, that, yeah. I mean, that's the way they're going to push right now. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, speaking of 118th scale, so we're, we'll jump into the to the GI Joe, and you know we've got the return of O Ring. So um, nothing new announced, but the Cobra off or the Cobra two pack. I'm sorry, uh, every time I hear O Ring, I just think, is this like a birth control or is this oh. an action figure? I'm sorry, <laughs> I just can't. Every time I hear O Ring in the response of a figure, yeah. I'm like, I'm like. Is this supposed to protect you or is, well, I mean, the GI Joes are protecting you in some way, I guess so. But the, uh, so the Cobra Trooper uh, pack was up for pre-order and then, you know, the uh, previous items they showed at the last, the very first uh, fan first of the year for Hasbro, Sergeant uh, Stalker, Tomax and Zamot and that Viper three pack went up for pre-order. 
I did not. I originally was going to get that Viper pack because I kind of like the officer. I don't need the other two, but then I cited not nah, it's overpriced. It's right. $90. So they're like 30 wow. bucks a piece. So I'm like the figures and except, I mean, figures are 25. So you want 30. There's not enough accessories there. So I didn't get those. I, I got the, I got the crimson twins, which is, you know, every other uh, podcast website fan channel has said the same thing. I'm about to say, why did they make them a, individual and not a two-pack they're the crimson twins they were never sold individually <laughs> so but uh the stalker i'm kind of hoping they tweak the colors a little bit on the camouflage but um you know we came out of PulseCon and i praised how they like just nailed it for for the characters right and this one i think they had some good characters um but there's a you know it's we're jumping around quite a bit and I get it. You know, we're, we're doing, they're doing Zorana from the dreadnoughts before we do buzzer ripper um, or torch. So I find that a little bit weird. And then we're, we're getting dusty in the crimson guard. The crimson guard looks fantastic. I'm going to have to have at least a couple of those. Um, and dusty, I'm kind of on the fence about how dusty looks. He's, I, he's very, um, and I'll just say this. So when the line first started, that first wave or two waves, everyone was like, these are two sci-fi, the gold, this, that. And then now they're leaning really heavy into that classic aesthetic. And now you're getting people that are saying, oh, it's too classic. It looks too much like the original. And so <laughs> I'm like, man, just, and I get it. It's, we hear that, you know, if you're, if you've been a fan for Star Can't Wars. make for them all anyone, happy. Yes, exactly. Um, so you know, I'm, I'm actually one of those people that wanted them to lean into that classic aesthetic. So I'm okay. Yeah. Dusty, Dusty kind of leans into that, but it, it, it's not the greatest. I think that I, I hope that, the, you know, once we get a, a prototype, it looks a little bit better than the, than the, the digital rendering. And then we're getting into, you know, uh, Dr. Mindbender, which I'll, I'll get um, not my favorite character as a kid, but uh, I did play with him. He was, you know, he was in my lineup we're getting Kamakura, which I have no idea who that character is. I understand <laughs> he's a comic book ninja, but they need to reuse that mold. But you know, we're they're leaning really heavily into this Python Patrol and, and Tiger Force. And I was out of GI Joe by the time those came out. Um, I liked GI Joe when it was very grounded in the military aspect at the early part of the line when they started getting into some of those other things i was kind of you know i was already out of the line but i would see it and i'd be like eh, even as a kid but uh i'll probably pass on the python patrol viper but they're doing tiger force Rakondo and bazooka and this tells me that eventually we'll get them in the line but you know me being impatient or maybe having a little bit of fomo uh <laughs> I want those characters, you know, now it's the same thing with Outback and Tiger Force. So I, I think the Joe Tiger Force works better than the Python Patrol. Um, so I'll just kind of leave it at that. It was kind of, it wasn't like with, with Storm Shadow, the Cobra Officer and, and Spirit, where they just knocked it out of the park. I kind of feel like, yeah, um, it, it's not bad. It's just, they're jumping around a lot. And I would like, there's so many characters that we still haven't gotten to I'd, I'd rather they do the original versions first but i i get they got to get their money out of the molds all that good stuff and they're jumping around to kind of please everybody 
Um, I'd like to see some more Joe characters though, because we have a ton of Cobra. Yeah. So my opinion there was it was kind of you know it wasn't <laughs> it it was good, but it was still it wasn't like PulseCon where they knocked it out of the park in my opinion. And one last thing I'll say about uh, Toy Fair is I do want to mention a company that I think um, has a niche that does really well with and I think still continues to put high quality stuff out and it's continuing to broaden their licenses now as Mezco. And uh, I want to say I was really impressed with their announcements um, uh, digging into your, your, uh, your area, Chris. With uh, with two GI Joe uh, one twelfth uh, collective uh, figures that looked stunning, um, and uh, Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow <laughs> hitting you right in the heart. Yeah, and those are I think that's like somebody had said that's like the fifth Snake Eyes is the fifth, and Storm Shadow will be the sixth figure now that they've done because they've done Destro. That's right. I, they've done Roadblock. Mm-hmm. I thought about, you know, cause I know you texted me when you saw that and you're like, Oh, I thought about it and looked at it. I just, um, you know, you saw is, it came with timber. I know. I saw that. At least they did it out of the gate. <laughs> uh huh. You don't have to pay extra for it. It comes with the original figure. Um, <laughs> that's one thing about Mezco is they put it all up front. You're paying more, but you're getting it all. Um, and, uh, and then the other big announcement, which, they waited for the last announcement of their uh, toy fair um, where they literally blew the socks off of what was already a TMNT packed toy fair from the standpoint of NECA and Playmates and, and uh, Super 7 was they announced they're doing all four turtles in the one twelfth collective scale. And they've been teasing that for over two years, Chris. They teased it at toy fair in 2020. Um, with like one random little image with a green hand sticking out of a sewer. And two years later, we got the end result of that tease <laughs> at this year's Toy Fair. So uh, that was pretty exciting. Yeah, I saw that and I immediately thought, ooh, Brian's probably going to be in on that. Yeah, it's going to be hard not to be. Mezco makes stunning and, and from the look of the one of the images they released, they didn't release a lot of the look of it, but just one teaser image. It looks to be true to the original comic aesthetic of the Turtles, which is going to look phenomenal in the Mezco uh, tooling. It's, it's, and you can't even imagine what kind of accessories are going to come with the Turtles, too, because you know there's going to be chock full. Um, if it's anything like they did with the Fantastic Four set and the Ghostbuster set that they've released previously. So um yeah that's exciting for me that's that's probably that was the highlight for me um on top of obviously the delorean being announced and me having to figure out a lot of financial payments on a massive item (laughs) i will say this about mezco Uh. and this is the difference between mezco you know, or even, a, you know, or even a, a, a Moffex, you know, the more expensive is that yeah. you, you are getting uh, the ultimate version of that oh, character. Yeah. So it's coming with all the possible accessories you could need. You're not having to go back and be like, you know, it's the definitive version of that character. Yep. And that's, that's where, you know, uh, I think that they excel. So you don't have to go back and constantly double dip and whatever. The only thing that would, the reason why they would need to go back and do it later is because better technology for articulation exactly. and not, but they nail it right away. They um, really speak, do. Speaking of, you know, more higher 
premium lines, not quite as high as, as, you know, Mezcor or Mofex, but I, um, you know, I was really impressed with the SH figure arts, uh, love and thunder Thors. I thought that those looked really fantastic and very tempting. I'm very tempted on those two. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Figure arts makes some great stuff and what's great about figure arts. And I don't think they get enough credit for this particular piece is they are very seldom late with releasing their figures, even during a pandemic. They are always on time. Yeah, that's uh, we're we're still waiting for some stuff from Mafex. <laughs> <laughs> They're supposed to both release this month. So, but let's keep in mind, Mafex did have a COVID outbreak in January. So at their at their uh, at their uh, facility. So. That's understandable, at least uh, for this reason, for this time. Oh, I almost forgot to mention uh, they're, you know, for, with GI Joe, they're doing a GI Joe Transformers crossover. Oh, doesn't God. interest me. I, I they did that in the <laughs> comics when I was a kid. I just I wasn't ever a huge fan of the Joe Transformers crossover. They're two separate universes to me. I was not one of those kids that mixed my toys up i played in the universe that i played in so your if pea- i was playing with ma- you didn't mix your peas and your mashed potatoes nope. i didn't i didn't roll like that all um, right sergeant that <laughs> maybe may, but uh with transformers the you only remember other the movie toys yeah Let, let's bring it full circle we have a show about toys there is literally <laughs> a reference in a movie about toys where the, there is a military guy making toys and the other guy wants to make imaginative things that combine elements together and the general does not. And it's, it sits there with his food. You remember El Cuche? His character sitting yep. there with his food. He's like, I don't like my peas to touch. I don't want them to touch. I want to, I want them here and I want those there. So that is Chris right there. <laughs> that is me. There um, you go. I just compared you to the ladies love cool J. So, I mean, it's all good. Yeah. I'll take that comparison any day of the week. <laughs> so, uh, you know, as, as we've kind of finished up that, uh, the, the toy fair, kind of the highlights, I mean, we can't possibly cover it all. And I'm sure that you've seen a lot of it, but Brian, what have you acquired most recently? Let's see. Uh, not much. Mostly my stuff is just kind of waiting on pre-order like most of collectors right now. Um, I don't think there's anything physically I've gotten other than I did pick up and it wasn't for me. It was for a, a gift for a friend. I picked up the uh, Ultimate Edition uh, Mattel WWE Undertaker and Kane figures as a gift for a friend of mine. But oh, I've seen those. Yeah, that's about it. I haven't really picked up much else. Uh, maybe a couple of Hot Wheels items the other day. I found uh, the uh, the X Jet, the black X Jet, the brand new black X Jet. I found one, and I found uh, one of the the new Enterprise uh figure uh I, uh I saw that and and yesterday i haven't posted it on our our pages yet but i found the uh the the original series batmobile which i already have but it's like it's 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 condensed it's like a little oh, cool. chunky version it's really cool i you know i'm like i don't need another batmobile but it's kind of it's kind of <laughs> it's in that like chunky aesthetic i'll have to take a picture and post it because it's hard to describe but i i picked it up um, but other than that, so 
for me, it's been the other way around. It's like, we've talked about how we kind of go through these, like nothing's coming for a while. And then all of a sudden, because of the pandemic, everything hits kind of in chunks. And I just had that happen. So um, I got action for my action force 2A, wave 2A, which actually came in early. It wasn't supposed to be here till like mid-March. Bobby got it and got them all out by the end of February. And I got mine. Um, I have not had a chance to open them yet. That is on my my list of things to hopefully do this weekend. I'm really excited about those. I got a bunch of lightning collection, including the figure that I have been, and it's not even a ranger, but I have been, been highly anticipating this figure and I can't wait to open it. And I'm thinking he might go on my list for next year. And that's the, uh, that's the Finster figure. And he's, if you remember watching Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, he was the guy who built all the monsters and the putty patrol. It's just a very unique looking character. And I think they nailed it. I absolutely think they nailed it. So um, I got some other ones. I got my Zeo and uh, Mighty Morphin pink two pack. So I was able to complete Z the Zeo team now. So I now have three full ranger teams. I got some new Gundam universe, which I talked about on the last episode. I was really looking forward to. So I got heavy arms and then I got uh, uh, Gundam Exia from the double O series. Both of them are fantastic. I have opened them. I have, I, I have been working on some new displays in my room. So I have the new Gundam display up. They look great. And then this has been a theme on the show before. <laughs> The return, I, the return, the yes. return of <laughs> Megazords. <laughs> so Sarah and I took a trip. You know, we went to Awesome Toys uh, Daytona just on a whim. We've been without, we had some air conditioning issues and we needed to get out of the house because it was just too warm in here. And Welcome to on Florida a whim. living. Yeah. Well, only in Florida do you need to worry about not having air conditioning in February. In February, people. February. Yeah. So luckily, you know, it's all fixed now, but we had, you know, almost a week there where we were waiting for parts and stuff to come in. And yeah, I mean, the, the maintenance guys here did, did what they could and they did a good job. So I, I can't complain too much, but we went out to Daytona on a whim and uh, went there and, and they had the claw Zord uh, from Samurai. And so that's Zord I had, I've had my eye on. I've never seen one like in person. It was super clean, complete, like if this was a child's toy, it was well taken care of. <laughs> uh, it was priced pretty fairly. So I jumped on that. And then, of course, uh, I have one. The, the, they have these smaller Megazords that they're doing. Brian, you've got a couple for me, but I, I was able to find the third one yep. in that series. Yeah, uh, yeah, they're sitting the, right here, right it, next to me. Yeah. I'm looking forward to those, uh, getting those, because the Lost Galaxy one I have, they're a little bit... So they're about a half an inch to an inch smaller than the monsters, but they still scale well enough that you can have them battling the monsters because that's cool. They, yeah. Cause the monster line, they did them too big. And so they're like an inch and a half over the Rangers. They just tower over the Rangers. So I was like, Oh, this will look great. Putting a few of these fighting the monsters in them. And they look, they're not great articulation, but they look fantastic for, they look like the actor in the suit, you know, like, <laughs> So they're pretty cool. They have limited articulation. They have limited paint. Um, 
you know, uh, actually our, our friend over at MMPR toys just posted a video today where he kind of, he was showing hit, hit the same ones and he did some customs. Paint, yep. He painted them up a little bit Nice. Uh, and he's not afraid to get in there and paint. I'm still a little tentative with that, but anyway, so I got that small one. I'm really excited about that clause or probably, and, and I'm really excited about all this stuff. I just, you know, I need more time. yeah i started uh we really started clearing out our uh we call our hobby room um where um i I finally have a shelf uh like a five-tier shelf set up on one wall that i've started to map out what's going to go there chris um finally finally at that stage where um well i already know one shelf is going to be dedicated to the delorean so nice well you say (laughs) When you say map it out, I, I'm not kidding. That's actually what I had to do. I actually drew a diagram yeah. of my room and, and the shelving units I had because I couldn't visualize it without putting it down on paper. And yeah. I have it on paper and, and and I keep talking about, you know, I say the back wall, the listeners have no idea. You've seen it, but the, the back wall of my room, I'm redoing those shelves completely. And I'm, mm-hmm. I have one that I have halfway done. So I'm, I'm on my way. I've been over the last couple of weeks, I've been doing like a, a shelf, um, you know, a couple shelves a night kind of thing. So I've, I've got one halfway done. Um, I was hoping to get some done last weekend, but we kind of, we're trying to get out of the house to stay cool, but yeah, I hear you about mapping it out, but I'm really excited to like finish it, you know? Yeah. I hear you. I have, uh, I put together one, a street scene diorama. I'm going to have a cartoon, diorama to go right next to it they'll be right next to each other on the top and then underneath um i'm saving a space for when they do announce the sewer diorama to go underneath um for the for the turtle stuff um the street scene's gonna have all the movie stuff going on movie turtle stuff and the cartoon's gonna have all my tune stuff um and then i'm also gonna have a shelf for uh marvel um, it'll be an end game kind of shelf. Um, going to probably get some foam and, and, and get really into it, but, um, I'm going to try to, uh, create a bit of a, a look from, uh, the, uh, final battle sequences of the film. So we'll see how that goes. We'll, we'll have to compare. Yeah. We'll have to compare. Cause I, I know I'm putting together, uh, I am going to do something similar. I think it's interesting. You and I both talking about getting our shelves set up and what I, really want to get to a point of is being able to kind of like, like you said, get some foam and make it look more than just some figures on a shelf. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like building the, building the look and feel of it and, and trying to create the scene and, and that's the fun of it, you know? And uh, well, let's switch over to kind of, what are you looking forward to most Chris? Uh, so I'm looking forward to the GI Joe classified wave five, which is the storm shadow and spirit. Uh, they say July, but, recently it seems like everything's been coming a couple months early so that and then of course we talked about it earlier our moffex cap and thor from endgame <laughs> yep 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 me too that's probably what i'm most looking forward to um is those two moffex figures as well as uh my uh eventually the hot toys ahsoka and mall that should be coming uh this spring as well so um, that's what I'm most looking forward to. But one thing we always have to worry about is that fear of missing out or FOMO attitude, which we want to spend the next 
rest of our time today talking about. And uh, we've kind of alluded to it in our past shows and and in this show itself, we've alluded to it a couple times. But I do want to give a little background on this concept of FOMO before we talk in relation to collecting in particular. Um, the concept of FOMO or fear of missing out is a unique term, actually. It was coined back in 2004 um, and actually started to be used extensively back in the 2010s is really when it started to become a more of a phenomenon, not surprised, because in 2010, we started getting something called social media that started to pervade all of our daily lives and became very common and um, the social networking sites that came out of that time. It eventually actually became an official word. Actually, FOMO is a real term. It's a term that was actually made into the Oxford Dictionary in 2013. Um, and actually, in response to that becoming an official term, um, psychologists started getting into it and starting to look at what this fear of missing out means. Um, some actually described it, and I quote, a pervasive apprehension that others might be having rewarding experiences where I'm not, where I'm absent from it. And that sense of fear of missing out when others are experiencing. And this constant desire to be continuously connected to what others are doing. Um, and this is tied all into uh, psychology. And um, it's, it's a fairly relatively new phenomenon in FOMO. And it's really something that's kind of a, a feeling that happens in multiple um multiple times and multiple occurrences and in an episodic kind of feeling. And it, it can happen um, and have a change or effect on our state of mind. And it some kind kind of leads to this feel of a deeper sense of being inferior or, or even feel of loneliness if we're not a part of it, right? And these are the kind of things that can lead to um, some compulsive behavior, right? So fear of missing out is not only this feeling but it could also relate into causing us to be compulsive of, oh, I need to go and buy this. I need to go and get this, or I need to go and have this experience because I'm missing out. And that need to belong to something, belong to something that's happening. And we actually gave it a real meaning. Um, and it really started with our attachment to social media, but now has gone into other physical realms and other things that we do. And some of the after effects that we can feel from this fear of, of missing out is really a lack of sleep or this emotional tension. And uh, it can have some negative effects on our physical well-being and obviously add to anxiety. So these are some things that fear of missing out can be really tough. And, and uh, these are all pulled from real psychological studies I'm talking about here. These are things that have really been studied over the past 10 years or so since uh, fear of missing out has been considered an official term and having official meaning um, back in 2013. So, Chris, what do you feel about that? How do you feel about all of that, knowing some of the history of what that term means? First, you know, thanks for that. That's some really good information, and it gives us context to kind of dive into this with regards to collecting. I, I, you know, obviously, we've all probably felt FOMO at some point. You know, it doesn't necessarily have to be tied to collecting, but we've all Absolutely. felt that, you know, and, and we've all, you know, you hear the, the people say, you know, People present their best foot forward on social media. So you're only seeing the best aspects of their life right? Um, for some people and that kind of stuff. But that's, yeah, that totally makes sense if that's where it started, but it's, it's, it's expanded from there. And now it seems that's a term that I, I hear 
a lot. And it's probably, you know, I, I, I think maybe in the last five years is when I start, you know, really over the last two years, I've heard it a lot. Uh, so it's interesting information. And I, you know, I think there's, there's a lot we can kind of discuss going from there with regards to collecting and how it can drive collecting. And I also want to say that it doesn't, while it is overall probably a negative term, I do think, do think there can be a positive aspect to it. Um, and we can kind of touch on that when, when sure. we get there, but, um, yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of where I'm at. You know, I, I think maybe we should talk about maybe what collecting normally in quotes is because there's no normal way to collect. Let's just be <laughs> yeah. fair. Yeah. Let's versus, be fair about that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, versus collecting due to FOMO, right. If you're collecting right. strictly out of like fear of missing out. Typically what you'll see with collecting, if there's a fear of missing out, the, the reason you'll know that it is FOMO related is if later on you're selling that same collection to move into something else because others are doing it. That's a, a good indicator for me that FOMO led to your collection um, is, and I, I think of that with, with some of uh, some of my friends who um, are deciding like, you know what, I don't really want this stuff anymore. Like, and I'm like, okay but then they're going to collect something different. And, um, and it's because they're seeing someone else collect it. And I guess the idea that they've been collecting this other thing for so long that they see that, you know, it's not as exciting anymore. Well, was it, did you collect it because you wanted? And we've talked about this before. Did you collect it because you really wanted the item or did you collect it because you saw everyone else was collecting it and it was a hot commodity and it was, you didn't want to miss out on that experience of collecting this hotly sought after item. And since it's not hotly sought after and it's easily found now in the stores, is it as exciting to you anymore? And then if you're going and selling the item and then saying, oh, well, everybody's really after this stuff now, I'm going to go do this now. You know, that's how I see it sometimes in a sense of collecting. Let me give you an example that I think works perfectly in this situation. Funko Pops. Yes. You know, like Funko Pops was was the thing for a long time. And, I, and you know, I we joked in my in my text group that that we have. We've joked about, you know, when is the when is the bottom going to fall out? Because like, you know, we've been saying for years, oh, the bottom's going to fall out eventually. It's it, you know, we got to be, you know, because Beanie Babies was like a flash in the pan. Oh, yeah. To Funko Pops. Funko Pops. I thought was going to be like Beanie Babies and they've been here much longer than Beanie Babies ever were. Um, but now, you know, like you've seen all the stores kind of shrink the space that they dedicate to that. And I just don't see the buzz around Funko Pops that I used to. And I think you're right. I think people have, have started to move on. It just doesn't, it's not as exciting. And I'm not saying that because you decide you're going to part with something or you move out of collecting something that it's necessarily FOMO, but I definitely think that that can be a component, you know? I agree. Yeah. I think some people do it because of FOMO, but then some people do it for other reasons. Yeah. I'm just saying that FOMO is, I think one of those reasons why someone may shift their collecting is because of their outside forces of seeing how what others are doing and wanting to be in that crowd like i was just talking about from the psychological standpoint is that fear of missing out in that experience shared experience with someone else who's collecting something similar yeah and i totally agree and the other thing with fomo is is how often have we let's say you're not a, 
a completist and it's it's hard to be a completist in anything anymore but <laughs> this is true. let's say let's say that you're not but let's say you know there was there was a run of something and you liked the three three of the four how many times have we picked up the fourth because you're like well it's an incomplete collection right that's mm-hmm. fear of missing out i've been there i've done that you know I don't really like that fourth figure, that fourth character. I'm not really fond of it. It's probably not going to be prominent in my display if, if it up at all, but I'm like, well, now I have the complete set. So I don't feel like I won't feel later. Like, Oh, I'm missing. You know, I have moved away from that. I, I think part of it too, while we're talking about this uh, is it helps to kind of talk about it. So then we can recognize these behaviors and I know for me, it's been healthy to kind of, I've talked about like really, you know, I, I was only Star Wars and maybe a little bit of Marvel for a long, long time. And then I kind of moved out into some other things that I had interest in for a long time, but just decided I was going to stay focused in Star Wars. Um, but I've, I've also had to, while I've done that, look and say, am, am I, you know, I don't need to have all of it. I, you, know, you don't need Constable Zuvia? I do not need Constable Zuvia. <laughs> and, I, and I will tell you, I do not have a Constable Zuvio. <laughs> you know, um, well, that's kind of like, you know, I, the, you, you know, we can talk about, you know, FOMO and being a completist, right? So, right. you know, are you you do have people out there um, and I, and I have friends that they, they want to collect every star Wars item, you know, that's TVC or black series for every one of, of this character or or every one of this film or every one of this sequence in the film. So I can create the whole diorama of that scene. Like there are lots of different ways of framing it or looking at it. Right. And uh, you know, like we said, I, I don't think anybody can be a star Wars completist anymore. I think that went out the window a long time ago, but so. Unless you're wanna, Steve Sansweet. Well, even him, I'm sure he's missing, <laughs> you know, but yes, I hear what you're saying. But, um, you know, you want to have a, a, a full run, a complete collection. Um, and I get that. Right. Right. But how much of that, when we get into some other things that maybe aren't, you know, like we talked about the, the, the uh, I'm drawing a blank on his name now. The the Wookiee character from um, uh, Book of Boba Fett, Black Crescent. Black, yes. So you know, people are like, eh. so I, I, you know, like there's a line there of being a completist and and being like, uh, I need I need this because if I don't get it, my collection isn't complete. Kind of thing. You know, it's a weird fine line there. I think, um, and obviously, being a completist is a whole another level i stopped trying to be because uh, i was for a while with star wars you know with the with the with the vintage collection not necessarily with the black series um with the three and three quarter and i stopped you know so it's i, I you know it's hard to say if you're when you're a completist if one is driving the other and i asked this question when you were in that zone of being a completist on any certain type of collection that you were trying to complete did you feel a sense that you had to do it because it was an expectation that you had to have everyone in that moment because that because you to be cool to be a part of that cool club you had to have it no it wasn't part of that for me it was it was that 
I might want that character more down the line. Like I might okay. regret, I might regret not having picked up that character down the line because right now maybe I'm kind of lukewarm about it, but then down the line, uh, you know, I want that character. And well, now that's the sudden, difference. Yeah. That's the difference between fear of missing out um, in the sense of the traditional sense of fear of missing out because of wanting to be a part of the cool crowd, right. Of wanting to be in a part of something and not feeling left out of that part in this sense you were more so feeling like i don't want to miss out not having the item to do something i want to do that's a little bit different right that's not a sense of fear of missing out in the traditional term that we're talking about in the sense of a fomo so that would be more of a, a fear of not having that item to complete whatever you wanted to do right so i think in that case um there are some different variations right so I do like that you clarified that. And that's why I asked that question, because I think what's interesting there is the FOMO isn't so much um, sociological in that sense. It's more psychological for yourself, not so much environmental to the crowd that's collecting with you. Yeah, I, I'm glad, you know, you kind of bring in that distinction there. I do think that there can't there there is certainly still maybe not in the traditional sense, but in, in the, you know, maybe uh another sense there still is an element of FOMO to me mm -hmm. maybe wanting that because you know later on I won't be able to find it and then I have to pay more on eBay and I'll be kicking myself um but it's yeah I like how you put that one is sociological and one is psychological and here's what I'm gonna say like I think this is something that just kind of needs to be said hopefully you're surrounding yourself with people that um don't pressure you to be part of the crowd, right? That they're okay exactly. with not being, you know, I have a great, you know, we've talked, I've talked about it on the show several times. I bring them up almost every show in our text group. And the one thing that, that I love, and this comes from, from Arnie over at Star Wars Action News, he said from the beginning, like, he's like, I don't care if your collection is one figure or every figure, it's still a collection. And exactly. if, it's, if it's important to you, but you having everything doesn't you know there, there's no such thing as a quote-unquote true fan i hate when people throw that term around well you're not a true fan of this or you're not a true fan of that that's sociological right and if you're hanging out with people like that i i you know and that's your collecting group uh i i i would ask that you maybe reevaluate things you know and that's the thing i like about our group it has nothing to do with that like you collect, you do you, and I'm going to encourage you to do you, and you're going to encourage me to do me. We might not agree on all the, on, on, on all the figures and are they cool or are they good or whatever, but we all support each other and there's no pressure there. Yeah. It's all about understanding your, in valuing your individuality amongst the group dynamic and understanding that you have individual likes. Yes. Are they influenced by others? Yeah. It's going to be influenced. Um, but also understanding what your true likes and dislikes are and not having others impose their will upon those choices. Now, the, the good sign that you're, it's almost like a, a, a warning of like a good sign you're in a good collecting group is, uh, <laughs> is when you say, oh guys, I just found this newest blah, blah, blah figure. Do you think I should get it? And if they say, well, do you have something in mind for it or does it fit with what you're trying to do? 
or how is it going to work in your collection? And if you can't, and if they're asking those questions, that's a good group because they're making you decide for yourself whether you really need the figure or not. And that's when you're deciding, am I getting this just because I feel like it's a cool figure and I don't want to miss out just because everyone else is buying it? Or am I buying this for a purpose in my collection for what I want to collect? And I think it's important to know that distinction and to have that kind of support. And I think that's important. Yeah. So I wanted to make one other point about like collecting with FOMO, but before I, I, I go there, I think that you've kind of opened the door to uh, where I think we, we really kind of need to go next. And that is like social media, right? Cause that's, what's driving this. Oh, of course. Um, social media has, has really, and, and we've seen it across a lot of different things It really kind of drives this mentality. And so when you're talking about that, you know, we get involved in toy groups and we watch toy reviewers and there's toy channels and there's Facebook groups and there's YouTube channels and all that stuff. And that obviously plays, plays a part in, 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 in the FOMO as well. Absolutely. And, and like you said, and has said in the past, this first mentality, right? It, it's like, uh, having that reviewer that's paying that extra money to get something imported from another country because it was made there so they can have it to show to everyone first and be get all the likes get all the posts and feeling like they're in they're in the it crowd right that they're part of that community and and if they're not getting it first then they're they're getting that fomo real hard right they're like i if i'm not getting it first then i'm not I'm not getting into that. I'm not connecting to that community and I'm not pulling off what I need to pull off. And, and social media only continues to push that because every reviewer, every individual who's trying to start up a channel is trying to beat the other one out on who gets an item first, who reviews it first, who has all the items, um, who can talk about them. I mean, it's just that constant back and forth on, uh, standing out from others, but also showing that they're a part of the community and they're the leaders of that community. That is true. But I think there is one important distinction to make. And that is, so for instance, uh, with YouTube, right? There's the thing called, we hear about it all the time from, from people who are, uh, you know, full-time YouTubers or even part-time YouTubers. And that's the algorithm, right? You constantly hear people like, Ugh. or, you know, thumb up the video. Cause it gives me, you know, it helps with the algorithm, the algorithm, the algorithm. And so I think there is an important distinction to say that some of these reviewers who, who that's how they make their living. This is what they do full time, right? They have a channel and, and I'm not just talking about some guy who just randomly puts up a channel and reviews something, but people have been doing this for a long time. Um, those guys, you know, they have to get it first, right? Because if they don't, then their channel gets buried. Valid. So I don't think that that's necessarily a, a FOMO thing, but I think that these channels have played into the FOMO thing because then it, it make if it whips up a frenzy in the community, like, oh, that's fair. Did you see yeah. that this, this is, you know, this is out now. So so-and-so reviewed it. So that person who reviewed that, it might not be a FOMO for them, but it other people watch that and like, it's out. I got to go find it. I got to have it right away. And that's something like, oh my God, they're already out in this city. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And I used to, when stuff would hit, I'd be like, I used to be kind of, oh, that yes, hit. You I, I gotta go, oh, I got to find that. Gosh, I got to yes. grab it now. You know, and oh, I really, gosh. St- you're bringing yeah. flashbacks, Chris. 
uh, to both of us. I, I, I will admit I did it too. But but yeah. I would get a message from Chris and be like, dude, dude, I just saw on BrickSeek or, or, or whatever platform <laughs> yeah. it was like, yep. Brian, it is at the the target that is down your street. Can you go there right now? I would normally not ask you to do this, but I need this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we'd see, you know, like, you know, I'll, I'll give a great example. And this is the Masters of the Universe the first assortment case that I chased oh, around gosh, yes. all of, of central yes. Florida to different Walmarts you drove and mul- everywhere, multiple times. I just missed them. Like I would look on the thing and they were there. And then I got to that Walmart and, and they were twice, they were gone. They, they sold like while I was in route there and twice I had the store, they were sitting in the back and the store wouldn't bring them out. <laughs> And I finally eBayed them and I paid a little more. Yeah, That's you did. FOMO. I, that, that is FOMO. was all FOMO people. Yeah, and that yeah. wasn't like an external pressure. That was, that was probably more the psychological FOMO. Of, the name of, of the show is called thrill of the hunt, but that just may as well stand for the other four words of fear of missing out. Right. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> if you take away anything, that 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 is a good indicator, right? There is a thrill yeah. in the hunt itself, but then there's also what drives that thrill. And many times it is that fear of missing out, which Chris just described perfectly in the sense of how it's constantly uh, pushed in many ways by things like the YouTube reviews and and the the different uh, unveiling of figure releases and where people found them on their hunts through live video feeds and things like that. But yeah, I mean, and I think that the, and I love, I love a a thing you wrote down here in our notes that I want to bring up is what adds to the FOMO behavior is not just that, but another factor is the cancel pre-order piece. I love that you wrote that here because I think that the cancel pre-orders only create more want Right. Absolutely. I mean, that's and that's been something that's, you know, we've talked about it. We've joked about it. Um, It's happened to us, you know, and and then you have um, really hot things that come up where you're like, if I don't get it on pre-order, I'm never going to see it in the store. (laughs) You know, specifically exclusives, because I think that actually I think exclusives in the toy collecting community is probably the original source for FOMO and collecting. Oh, oh, it is. (laughs) Oh, it is. And you know, what's funny is uh, I've totally gone Zen on a lot of things in recent and you have too on a lot of things. And I think what's funny is I knew I found Zen in my collecting with, with uh, TMNT when I walked into a Target, I think it was last weekend or weekend before last, and they had four or five of the Channel 6 News Crew exclusive sets just sitting there stacked up on each other. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And then I walked on. And that was the exclusive SDCC release from DECA that's only at Target. And I was like, yeah, that's cool. The FOMO in me was like, I need to buy this now. I'm never going to see this again. Oh my God, I found it in a store. This is crazy. All of that's playing in my head as I'm holding it. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm having that little like tense feel in my hand. It's like shaking. And I'm like, should I get this? Should I get this? Should I not? Oh my God. What if someone else is looking for it too? Huh? Then I could help somebody out. But you know what? Do I really need to? And then after I had this internal discussion 
for about 10 minutes as I walked around the other sections of the store. I'm like, it's okay. It's still going to be in the store. Others can find it. It's not my responsibility to buy it for someone else. If there's not someone I know right off the bat that needs it. I don't need to buy it just so someone else doesn't get it that I don't want to have it, that I don't want to have it like a scalper. It's okay. Just leave it there. You don't want it for your collection. You don't need to buy it. That was my, that was my internal monologue. <laughs> yeah. You know, you talk about an internal monologue and I have one as well. You know, you, you have that back and forth with yourself. Um, and I do think that we've both kind of gotten Zen and, and one of the things that, you know, uh, I'm going to mention again, Arnie, my friend Arnie has said like, look, if you're not having fun collecting, you probably need to reevaluate why you're still collecting. And I think there can be times, you know, especially over the last two years where we've had these supply chain issues and, you know, pre-orders have been kind of messed up and canceled and stuff. You know, obviously I think there can be times in the hobby where it can get a little bit. um, I don't want to use the word stressful because, you know, I I think real world issues today put a lot of perspective on uh, a hobby of collecting child's toys, (laughs) you know, child's play things as the intro says. That's right. Um, It puts a lot of perspective there, but if, you know, you'll have those times where, um, I won't say it's not fun, but there's a little bit more uh, anxiety around it. But if you're not having fun overall, right? And I think that also goes for how you store your collection. Do you have room for your collection? Do you right. have room to display your collection the way you want, right? Yep. For me, I, I'm, I'm not a huge fan. And this is just me personally of having a huge collection. If I have to go buy a storage unit and store my collection in my storage unit, because I have literally no room to display anything. Right Same. now, I am I am fortunate that I do have a room, an entire room to display my collection, right? But if I didn't have a room, maybe I would have a smaller collection or something like that. Um, and I try and be very conscientious of not having too much stored, if that makes sense. Because um, I think that that can all lead to, you know, it not being fun and then it it becomes, are you doing it FOMO? And we talked about the first mentality, but along with that, if, if you're in a, if you're in a toy group where it feels like a competition mentality, yeah, I, I think you maybe want to reevaluate that group. I, I think, you, you know, like I like being around people that are supportive. Um, but we, I, I never feel like it's a competition with my friends of like, or with you, you know, like, Oh, Brian, check this out. I got this. You know, like we got to one up, we got to one up each other. And there's groups out there (laughs) where it's like, I, you know, I, I moderate a a GI Joe group. um, And uh, you know, sometimes you see that out there, you know, where people get into this competition of, Oh, I I got this. Did you get this? You know? And again, that goes along with the first, I think those two go hand in hand. Yeah. Um, So it's interesting, but (laughs) you know, Toy companies also know what they're doing, right? So, so there's a ton of research and marketing that goes into these things. And, and obviously they do their research too. And yes. they, they know about psychological ways of connecting marketing. Half of marketing is organizational behavior and understanding why behaviors happen certain ways and what attracts the minds of individuals. I mean, uh, a lot of psychology majors go into the world of marketing. 
it, it, it's a common connection. Yeah. And I think that, you know, when you look at toy companies and you also look at the model, the way that they do things. So I'm a couple of examples here, right? In the original vintage run of Masters of the Universe, they kept running those figures, those original figures up to a certain point, but they kept running them for a couple of years, right? So you could mm -hmm. get into the line at any point and be able to go back and get some of those old ones. Throughout the entire run of Star Wars, the figures that they released yep. for Star Wars were available all the way to the end of the line. Now, granted, they might have been a little bit harder when you got to the power of the force, you know, those last 17, but they did, they did have those on those cards too. And so that was the way it used to be. They would keep producing the line, maybe not some of the bigger vehicles, like those might be a little bit harder to find, but you could get the figures. Well, now it's not done that way, right? You miss out. Your only hope is that they reissue the figure, you know, something like an archive series exactly. or, maybe, or they go back and they do a re like a repaint where they, they redo the face, you know, like they, they use the, they update the figure with the face print tech, right? That's the only way to get it. Otherwise you're, you're paying on eBay. And I think that that's kind of driven it, the exclusives. I mean, and there's one the part, and there's one part, part I want to piggyback off of what you just said. Is yeah. we we they reissue a figure. You also have the community that gets angry that they're reissuing that figure because they're like, well, you missed out on it. You know, the, <laughs> you shouldn't be able to have the figure that I have, and that only continues to amp up that FOMO attitude, and it only adds more to it, and it only helps validate it um, because of they're feeling that, you know, others shouldn't have the same opportunity I'm having because they missed out. Well, that's very much like exclusives. Like, mm -hmm. well, you didn't, you didn't put in the work. Like I put in the work. I went to this, I went to that. I was on Brickseek. I was on that. You didn't, well, who's to say they didn't put in the work. Right. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you know, I mean, you, you, and, and at the end of the day, are you buying it for yourself? Or are you just buying it because you can, and you want to show everybody else you can. I mean, and that that's the difference between different type of collectors, people who collect just to show that they're collecting people who collect for a reason of personal enjoyment. Um, yeah. And I think that that's really what I think is important to understand. And I, I do want to um, start kind of wrapping up our, our thoughts on this and starting to come kind of to our own individual thoughts on this matter. And for me, um, when it comes to, uh, FOMO, I have to say that um, I think, you know, I think it's positive for the companies and I think it's positive for, um, I think when you're starting out and collecting, it can help you get connected to the community. But I do think after you've been collecting for a while, it can be a bit toxic. And I think it's something that grows into a toxic attitude but it's something that can begin as something of like an elixir, an exciting thing. It can get, drive you and be um, this kind of, uh, you know, endorphin and, and get your endorphins going and really get you excited. And, uh, but then later on can become something that impedes your life or your excitement and, and can be a bit toxic. So I see FOMO as something that grows over time to become something that's difficult and that can separate you from the things that you enjoy that's how i see fomo at least yeah that's i like how you put that i do think that fomo 
is a more long-term thing. I, I, of course you can have FOMO in the moment. I mean, we've all had FOMO where we, we want, we should have bought, you know, maybe I know in my early days of collecting, I'll give this example. Like I didn't have the disposable income I have now. Right. So of course. you had to make choices. And so sometimes you left something behind, not because you didn't want it, but you couldn't literally responsibly afford it. Right. And I'm not, I'll just put this as a disclaimer. I'm not advocating anybody going to debt for collecting or not put, food on the table or whatever, you have to have your priorities in line. Um, but, you know, in my younger days, I couldn't responsibly afford that. So I would leave it behind and you'd go back and it's not there, it's gone. And now you got to pay for it on eBay. Well, of course you're having a little bit of FOMO because you did actually miss out. You legitimately missed out. Right. And I think that um, in my adult days, you know, now that I, I do maybe have that disposable income, sometimes, you know, I'll remember that be like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to pick that up because I, I do want it. I'm just going to get it now, even though I'm spending a little bit more because I'm finding everything at once. You know, Midnight Madness, for example, you know, that's a good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that was, you know, <laughs> how much of that was driven by by fear of missing out. That was definitely a sociological. Yeah, I almost bought the the big Millennium Falcon on one of those. <laughs> I found a picture of me near the register with like twenty something figures in a basket, yeah, and a Millennium Falcon like uh, sitting on the floor in front of me, and. Now that I'm where I'm at now, I'm kind of happy that I didn't buy that Millennium Falcon. For a long time, I was like, oh, I should have bought it. I had it in my hands. It was right there. You know, but then as I grew, as I've grown in my life and, and, and gone through different experiences, I'm like, you know what? I couldn't afford it at the time. And I made the right choice. I shouldn't be mad at myself or fear or have that fear just because I didn't buy it, a toy. You know, you know, you got to have perspective at some point. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that's where I was going when I said, you know, it can be a good thing because you can look back and say, okay, you know, I didn't give into the FOMO, right? Exactly. I I didn't give into it. So, and I also think that, you know, you can look back and appreciate, it helps appreciate what you have. And that's one of the things that, you know, this is kind of where I'll, I'll leave my final thoughts. And one of the things that I've been doing is trying to just appreciate what I have, right? Because I have more than a lot of people have. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and specifically, I'm talking about, uh, in this instance, I'm talking about my collection, right? But I need to, enjoy, we get so caught up in, oh, what's coming? What's new? What's announced? What's yes. going up for pre-order? You know, it's just a blur and, and, and you get inundated with all that and you forget to enjoy what you have. Now, as I've been redoing my room, going through stuff, there's some pieces that I just, I don't have room, but I still love like, you know, those Galoob uh, micro machine heads of the characters. Nice. I love yeah. those. I love those. The action fleet. Uh, I always have my action fleet displayed because I love those, but you need to find those. You need to enjoy what you have. It's not yes. always about, and the FOMO drives just getting stuff to get stuff, you know, exactly. and they're, there is that dopamine hit that you talked about, right? Yep. But scientists will tell you, you can never have, when you have an experience, a similar, you have the initial experience, that's the most 
that's the biggest dopamine hit you'll get from there. It's diminishing returns from there on out because you cannot recreate the first time for any experience. You just can't. It's true. So you're chasing that hit and you need, you know, so I think it's important to step back. And this is where I've been with my clicking step back, enjoy what I have. That doesn't mean that I'm not going to still pursue stuff, but I'm really starting to kind of pull back a little bit and trying to, where do I want to focus? I don't need the 600th version of Luke Skywalker. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'm really focused on what do I want my collection Same. to look like? How do I want to display it? I want to be able to go in there and just enjoy being yeah. in that room. And I think it's important to not let the fear of missing out drive your collecting. I agree. It's the experiences we should treasure and enjoy. Um, the experiences of when we first saw the items or experienced buying or leaving that item behind at that moment. It's the experience of just being able to hold it in our hands and see it. But then it's the experience later on in life um, to sit down and look at all that you did get, regardless of those that you didn't, and to enjoy what you do have. Because as you said, not everyone has that luxury. And to be able to sit there and enjoy whatever type of collection you have is a luxury. And we should all be happy that we even have the opportunity to talk about missing out on such trivial of things in life. Absolutely. Enjoy. You know, I think for most of us, the reason why we collect is that connection to those things that bring us back to our childhood, right? Whether you had that toy as a child, you know, and you're, you're able to, whether it's a modern interpretation or perhaps even the vintage, you're going back and getting that, or whether it's from a TV show or a property that we watch, right? This is all based around nostalgia, right? Mm -hmm. It's taking us to a, uh, in a lot of ways, a simpler, a simpler time because we didn't have the, the weight of the world. So it's an escape for me, right? That's why I love going in my room. I can go in there. It's an escape. And, um, I think we just need to keep that in, in perspective. So I think we've talked about some really good ideas here. I hope that, you know, we've kind of helped clear up FOMO a little bit and what drives it. Help people understand a bit better, um, you know, how it affects us in different ways, especially how it can affect us as collectors. And um, I know I have enjoyed um, talking about this topic as well as, catching up with everybody um, on our Toy Fair uh, experiences this year. And I look forward to connecting with you guys and our next show. Um, and uh, we'll be talking to you guys soon. Have a good one. Well, Brian, I think that's going to do it for this episode. Come back next month to hear us talk toys and collectibles on Thrill of the Hunt, a collector's podcast. Until next time, we wish you good luck on your toy hunt.
Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this show, we would love a five-star review on iTunes. You can find Thrill of the Hunt, a collector's podcast on Facebook at Thrill of the Hunt Collector Podcast. There you can interact with us and find links to our other social media channels. The thoughts, views, and opinions expressed in this show are those of the hosts and belong solely to them. This podcast is not affiliated with any of the toy companies or licenses mentioned in the show. This show may not be reproduced, repurposed, or redistributed without express written consent from the hosts.